This is a fresh barrage of missiles from the Gaza Strip. Hamas renewing its rocket attacks on Israeli territory. The sounds of Israeli television news channels bring the latest death toll and updates on Sunday, October the 8th, the second full day of the unprecedented Hamas attack on Israel. At the time I'm recording this podcast, Israel says at least 600 soldiers and civilians have been killed, while over 2,000 people have been wounded, and Hamas terrorists have captured 100 people in border communities near Gaza and have taken them back inside the Gaza Strip as hostages. The fighting was still raging inside parts of southern Israel near the Gaza Strip to liberate some kibbutzim and other captured zones. Meanwhile, Israel's military is launching strikes on Hamas positions inside Gaza itself. In the north, skirmishes are underway against Hezbollah, who have sent mortar shells across Israel's northern border. All this, as Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has warned the world this will be a long and difficult war, as hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been called up to serve. The war is right outside the front door of Gloria and Howard Wenner, a Canadian couple who settled in Moshav Stenitsan right after the Yom Kippur War. She was a nurse. He was an agricultural expert in growing tomatoes in greenhouses hydroponically. They're in their late 70s now, about to celebrate the 50th anniversary of their Moshav's founding. But instead, they're locked inside their house, less than 10 kilometers from the Gaza border west of Beersheba, listening for air raid sirens and the boom of rockets, and praying that the Israeli authorities finally catch all the Hamas terrorists who infiltrated the kibbutzim and villages around them early Saturday morning. Lost a lot of hope. Um, It's always important to have some degree of hope to hold on to. But this has been above and beyond anything bad that has happened here. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Sunday, October the 8th, 2023. Welcome to a special edition of the CJN Daily on the Israeli War. We're a podcast of the CJN Podcast Network, and we're sponsored by Metropia. I'm sure many of you have been glued to the news over this Simchat Torah holiday weekend, trying to get in touch with your relatives and friends who are in Israel, or maybe you yourselves are in Israel now. We'll have extensive continuing coverage of this new unprecedented attack on Israel by Hamas on the 50th anniversary of the disastrous 1973 Yom Kippur War. This one also seemed to take Israel's military completely by surprise. The Wenners have two grown children and six grandchildren. One grandson is currently serving in the army. The Wenners, who are my cousins, by the way, full disclosure, joined me from their home earlier today. Hi. Thank you very much. Thank you. But before we get started, tell us where you guys are exactly in Israel and um, how long you've lived there. Okay. We moved on to the Moshav. We were pioneers of this Moshav in July of 1974. We arrived to Israel in December 73, and we were in an absorption center in Beersheba. And then we moved in July of 74 to just sand and nothing. We were really pioneers, and um, to this tomato-growing Moshav. I don't know how much you want to know about that's how this whole thing started. So we came, and we were really pioneers, lived in, you know, no telephone for five years. And I'm not talking cell phone. I'm talking in the old-fashioned phone with a cord. And no, the streets, you know, weren't paved. We didn't have a supermarket for a while and all this kind of stuff. So that's how it started, and it started off as an English-speaking group, And over the years, you know, one Israeli family joined and another, another, and then the Israelis became the majority. But we still have 
uh, a number of families, our original families and the first few years in the Moshav, still here. And um, that's Which it. Is... You are saying it's close to Beersheba. How far is that from Beersheba? We, we are situated uh, southwest of Beersheba, about 50 minutes away by car. And uh, we live in the, and the Moshav is situated in, in the Gaza envelope, which is uh, seven kilometers or less from the Gaza Strip. But I'll just interject the, the fact that we are, that we are not seven, but 7.2 kilometers mm-hmm. from the Gaza Strip. We do not get uh, the shelter room, Mamad as they call, from the defense ministry and anyone who is seven kilometers gets one for free. So all of the Moshavim here, a few of them, because we're that 0.2 kilometers, um, four mm. Moshavim that didn't uh, get them, because we're just that many 0.2 kilometers. Uh, 200 meters. 200 meters. So you don't have shelter rooms, or you do? You like just built them yourself. Pay and get one, right? But it's a that's something you don't want to go into. It's very complicated with the authorities and everything. Yeah. We go into the hall. Uh, they um, the, the home command way. came around, yeah. right, to each house and t- tell us where we should be in the house when there are rockets. So in our case, as in a number of houses that are like ours, it would be in the hallway because in the hallway there are no windows. So that every time there's a siren, we would run, seva adom, a red alert, uh, we would run into the hall and crouch down. Of course, now, as we get a little older, it's a little harder to crouch down. Or you might be able to, we crouch down, it's hard to get up. So we just kind of go and stand there. In this war, we actually didn't even bother, actually. But So that's another story. Okay, tell us where you where you were when the sirens went off. Were you in synagogue or no no it was 6 30 a.m our time so howard who was still recovering from pneumonia like tends to sleep more and sleep deeper when he's sleeping howard was like fast asleep i was shaken awake uh by this huge boom you know in the house shaking and then another boom and then there was uh, Tseva Adom, red alert. We don't get an actual siren sound. We get the words spoken, Tseva Adom. I turned on the TV immediately, which is in our bedroom, and I knew. And there it was, and it was on all day. It's still now going on, and we don't turn it off. And uh, to say that Hamas has infiltrated by air, land, and sea. Um, anyway, so uh, this is going on, and I'm watching this on TV, Howard is still sleeping, kind of opened his eyes and says, what's going on? And I said, and then when he actually got up, he said he thought it was some kind of drill, some kind of exercise. So he didn't bother getting up anyway. And so and on the news, they kept saying there's no response yet. No response from the army. Where is the army? Where is anybody? Where is anybody? People were calling for help. People were calling the Shadran, the TV presenter who is for the South, lives somewhere he, in the he, area. He, he Where lives does he near live? Ashkelon. He lives near Ashkelon. So people have him. They have his they WhatsApp. Have his they have his number. And people were sending him, can someone come help us? Can someone come help us? We're stuck here to stuck here. And nothing and nothing. And some of these people that asked for help were actually taken uh, 
into Gaza, and that's where they're being held prisoner now. And so this bombing and the red alert stuff went on for, this is when I didn't know that you wanted something taped, could have taped something. There was this loud booming during the day. And then we have a couple of WhatsApp groups for security. One's in Hebrew, and, and then there's one translated. There's still some people here who never mastered, you know, Hebrew, So and these are important. So these messages keep coming all day long, updating everything to stay, to go into your safe room. And what was very fortunate is that our daughter, by chance, and husband, and two of her three kids, one of them is a soldier in the army, they had gone up north on a holiday, a kind of glamping type thing. So they actually were up there when this happened, which was good. So they couldn't come home because we you couldn't leave or come in to the Moshav. So they stayed and then went to her in-laws who live in the center of the country. So that was, we felt, at least relieved. Um, and since then, okay, the booming has died down here, but there still is, but not, we haven't had, I don't think we've had any no. red alert. We haven't had any red alert uh, today, but, but there's bombing like, you know, Tel Aviv and Givatayim and Rishon Letzion and all over. And there are still terrorists, why we still can't go out. We still can't go outside. There are still terrorists. Uh, they found someone on one, uh, one Moshav, another. The kibbutz, we thought they were completely free of them, but uh, apparently still there. So, And that's why everything is closed. You can't go anywhere. Um, uh, one of the things I would like to add is that this was a complete surprise. Yes. I told us the reason why I, I thought it was a drill when I first heard all the... Uh, all the noise. There were explosions left, right, and center. Everything is... I've been in a war. It sounded like a war, but it was a holiday. It was Shabbat, and it was Simchat Torah. There was, And I, I couldn't understand why it was happening. But when I realized it was happening, like everyone else in the country, where was the army? The army was sleeping the same way it was sleeping in the Yom Kippur War. It, it, they were totally surprised. That's one problem. But the other problem was that how many hours did it take before there was a response? Where were they? My, my, my theory is that an army works seven days a week, 365 days a week, 24 hours a day. Somehow our army doesn't work on the weekends and it doesn't work on holidays. And most people go go home, or at least a good number of people go home on the weekends, we're defenseless. It's, it's absolutely in, incomprehensible. Um, there was no, and the police was the same thing. People called the police. There was no, nobody to answer in the police stations. In the police station in Starot, the only one who could answer were the terrorists. They took over the police station. I mean, you talk about What's the negligence. Negligence. This was total negligence. And of course, being Israel, no one will take responsibility and no one will resign. Well, will remain to be seen. That may not be true, but we'll wait. Let me go back to something that you said, Howard. You said you've been in a war. What does that mean? What war? No, well, I was in uh, the first Lebanon war. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't need to talk about it. Uh, there were many people here on the Moshav that were in, in different conflicts over the years. But what happened yesterday is just memories of Yom Kippur all over again. And 
except that this time there are all these civilians. This is what the horror of this whole thing is. I mean, even the Yom Kippur War, as tragic as it was, and the loss of, you know, all these soldiers, it was a mil- it was war between the military, and there were no civilians involved. This is a much more complex situation and just horrific. I don't know what else to say. When people you know have been taken hostage by Hamas. I have a, I have a friend on uh, Kibbutz Kfar Aza. Uh, I'm in touch with him with WhatsApp. He's been stuck in his uh, mamad, the... Uh, safe room. The safe room since uh, 6.30 yesterday morning. Um, and they still haven't cleared the kibbutz of terrorists. That's just one kibbutz. I mean, there's others. We have one. We have two kibbutzim which are very close to us here that still have have not been cleared, and we also have a moshav that was entered for the first time this morning. Now they suspected that there would be groups that were lying waiting till today. In other words, they came in, they hid out in the uh, in the grass and or in the mata in in the orchards. And then this morning they went inside one of the Moshavim. And there isn't a, a, a Moshav or Kibbutz in the area where you don't know somebody. and That hasn't been involved in everybody, some way. Everybody seem, seems to be involved. We all, it's, it's, it's just too horrific. Tell me about the people from your own, you were mentioning, Gloria, that there's a friend of yours whose kids are missing. He was killed. The grandson, the the grandparents who are our age, and the children live across from us. So their grandson was at this party. So he's been listed as officially killed. Um, a good friend of mine. It's the parents of her daughter-in-law, who are over seventy, have been taken uh, hostage into Gaza, and we we know we know someone on the next moshav, somebody on two moshavs over somebody from uh, Pitrat Shalom who's been killed. Yeah, there's like a two, up to almost 2,000 now injured. And Beersheva Be'er Hospital is received, has received the overwhelming majority of the wounded. It's yeah. overwhelmed. And they have to use like the labor rooms in, in the uh, delivery rooms. They're just completely overstretched uh, there at Soroka Hospital in Beersheva. You said you you can't understand that the army goes home on weekends and this is like not, uh, 1973 all over again. You moved to Israel literally right after the 73 mm-hmm. war, right? Yeah. Right. Yes, we moved in on December 30th, 1973. The, the war. Third. December the 3rd. December the 3rd? Okay. December yeah, 1973, so right after the war. You were there in the aftermath. You've watched as the 50th anniversary memorials have been happening the last few days. I'm sure you've seen the movie Golda and Valley of Tears and and all this sort of stuff is coming out now about the intelligence failures, the arrogance of the government back then. So then, Howard, you see this today. How angry does it make you? Or is it just, are you angry? Or Mm. are you right now in the middle of survival and your anger will come later? I I would say I'm, I'm an average Israeli who's fuming. Very, Not very angry, angry fuming. extremely, very angry, 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 and disappointed. And 
and disillusioned and always was always hopeful. There was always this, no matter how bad things got, but always had this hope. We can depend on the army. We can depend on this. We can depend on that. But uh, now with this happening, and it sort of started when the new government came in, but especially now with this war, that hope like is missing. I don't, unless the government, well, this disaster here is right. It's, it's done. And it's just going to continue for a while because of hostages um, maybe the government will resign. Maybe in that way, there'll be some hope for the future. But I also feel um, because we're completely involved uh, with people that have been killed and people that are missing and people that are hostages and and they could be wandering around out there, you know, these terrorists. And it's uh, I feel like things will never be the same again. Actually, Lana said, why don't we go to Canada? Shut our families well, there. A lot of people are asking their relatives, come get on a plane right now. Air Canada canceled its flights for a while. But, I mean, have you been considering leaving Israel and coming back to Canada? I know Howard was here visiting us this summer, but. Well, <laughs> Howard's been very disillusioned. Howard, who was really the staunch Zionist, you know, of the two of us, um, always believed, ideally, all the ideology, but that was got slowly, especially with this government coming in, he said, if it wasn't for our family here, because we have our children and grandchildren here, he would leave. I suppose we would, but we wouldn't because our family's here. But as far as disillusionment with everything here, yes, I could definitely uh, leave. You find that there's a, a lot of young people in the business world <clears throat> that are leaving planning to leave. Some have already left. Uh, also for the same, same type of reasons, the, the lack of hope, the, uh, the way the country's going. Uh, it's just this very far right government that can't do anything right. It's, you know, it'd be one thing at least if they could do something right, but they can't govern. And uh, there's no, there's nowhere to look. They don't have a good connection with most of the people. Is there anything else that you want us to understand in Canada um, about the situation that you're currently in? Are you scared now or is it kind of over and now you're just waiting out to see? Like, how are you processing this? I think from, from my point of view, when the bullet misses you by a few centimeters, it misses you. And you, you you've been living here for over 50 years. You can still be afraid, but you keep your cool much longer than you would normally. The first time you might get uh, much more frightened, but after so many times of going through this, it becomes almost routine. I wouldn't call this This uh, one wasn't routine. routine. This one was... This is scarier. Beyond routine. Mm -hmm. Um we we could be evacuated. We talked about it this morning. They have asked. We have a team, and they did. I got a phone call this morning. If we want to be evacuated, I said, no, we want to stay in the house. So there is a possibility of going. People have offered in other parts of the country to host people. And, uh, well, we also have family. We have Right. We also have family. Right. So you have two children in Israel, and how many grandchildren? Six. Six. And one is in the, currently serving, but you don't know where he is. Or you do? Today so far, you know, we don't know today, but 
you know, until today, we know that he was said still on his base. So uh, I hope he's still there. Have you guys seen the the pictures and the social media, the videos of the tortures of the hostages? Have you seen any of that stuff or are they not showing it in Israel? What? Are, what do you mean? So Hamas releases videos of all the what they're doing to the hostages and no. what the kidnapping is. And it's all over social media. I don't know if you've seen no. that. No. I feel sick if you want to know the truth. No. Are you just not looking on social no, media? No, I, I always looking on Facebook. What's it on mostly? They're using Telegram and Twitter to no. show what they're doing. <gasps> so I just wondered if the Israeli media is seeing that and the list of all of the, the, f- the girls that were pit, that were, were were taken. You don't know anything about that, right? Well, don't forget, yesterday was Shabbat, so uh, there was no media, there was no 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 newspapers or anything. And but there was news. <clears throat> there was news, but nobody's would, nobody's would. reported on the news. Uh, I haven't heard like anything about the hostages except the the prisoners, except that they believe that they're under. Uh... It's like Black Hawk Down, if you saw the movie. Yeah. Except this isn't the movie. Well, Black Hawk Down also wasn't originally a movie. So that's the last thing I want to ask you. What do you think is going to happen next? What do you think uh, the next few days will look like? This is in 73, right? You don't think Israel's going to lose unless no. maybe you do. I don't know. Can't lose because it can't lose. But I don't think too much is going to change like today or tomorrow um, because well, we're still uh, maybe other well, will get involved. As, other... as we sit here, um, everything's quiet here basically today. And I think it's like the... Uh, Silence before the storm. It's going to hit. Um, they can't. They, they, they have. To, we have to give a, a, a big reaction because the other guys up north, the Hezbollah, is waiting to see what happens. If uh, in, in the 2006 war, Nasrallah was asked after the war if he would have done it, if he would he have started the war if he had known what was going to happen. He said no. He didn't realize Israel was going to destroy most of Lebanon. And in order to get peace, you have, that's the way it is here. And we have to destroy it. And I don't know what to, we don't know what to do with them. The best thing would be to send them to another country. It's uh, very, very upsetting. It's very sad. Um, we don't know how, how all this is happening. And now I feel actually, after what you've told of what's being on social media, I feel sick, to tell you the truth. I'm thinking is if Israel goes into the Gaza, they're all the hostages are in there. So uh, yeah. I mean, it's well, a whole other... They will, try, they will try to rescue them. That's the first thing. They will try to rescue them at the same time that we're doing something else. This isn't something that can be delayed for very long. The longer you delay it... Uh, the weaker our position becomes. So it's going to have to be done more quickly. Do you think this had anything to do with the fact that Iran wanted to stop Israel and Saudi Arabia from having an agreement? Could It could be part of it, but this has been... It, this this has been prepar- planned for This has been planned. Time. This was not something that happened overnight, but everything is very convoluted and difficult to, to understand in the Middle East. Uh, still going on the way it always was. 
Well, we send you our our best hope and we pray for you guys to stay safe and we'll keep in touch with you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Take care, Ellen. All the best. Thank you. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Here in Canada, the Jewish community is organizing rallies of support. Toronto's is set for 7 p.m. Monday at Mel Lassman Square. On Tuesday in Toronto, Israeli government MK Dan Illouz will be speaking about the situation and the latest in the war. He's a Canadian raised in Montreal who was elected to Netanyahu's Likud party. Meanwhile, security measures have been stepped up around Jewish buildings in Canada with extra police surveillance. And while Air Canada has cancelled flights to Israel for the time being, Israel's embassy to Canada has suggested that any Israelis who are in the country and want to go back home should find other airlines and come back as the airport in Tel Aviv is open. And Canada's embassy in Tel Aviv is urging any Canadians in Israel to contact a special hotline. We've put the numbers in our show notes. If you have news about the war, please send them in to us at ebesner at thecjn.ca. And keep checking our website, thecjn.ca. We'll have continuing coverage. Thanks for listening.